uh, I have a testimony to share, uh, actually, on the devotionals. So we, of course, on our website, if you scroll to the bottom, you can send us prayer requests right off the website. There's a contact form there. And we got an email, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks ago on that contact form and said, hey, I just want to say thank you because in my neighborhood, I go for a walk and somebody from your church just handed me one of those devotionals. And I read it and it has blessed me and I'm very thankful and I don't know who the person is. I just want to say thank you to the church. So guys, exactly what you're saying. I mean, these are, these are a great tool to just share the gospel message. I mean, I think this person was a believer, but either way, I mean, they're out there. They're, you know, free. I mean, I mean we just we pray and believe God brings the funds in uh, to pay for those all the time. He's faithful. Uh, but yeah, take one or two extra uh, if they're out there for you to go out and share them with someone at work or somewhere else because they can be a real blessing. Amen? And there's testimonies that come with that, which is great. So I just want to pray over... Uh, our offering. Here, I've got a scripture I want to read out of Matthew 25, starting in verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And I just want to, if we could just meditate on that for a minute. He, he's entrusting each and every one of us with various things, various levels of finances, of responsibility, of jobs, of children, of families, and all kinds of things. And he's just asking us, be faithful in it, trust in him with it. And I think each and every one of us wants to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And I just want to take a moment. Can we just close our eyes just for a minute? And I just want you guys to think of something you're thankful for this morning. Make it two things. The challenge of the morning. Two things of what you're thankful for. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for you. (laughs) We thank you for who you are, for your goodness for your faithfulness. Thank you, Father, that you have entrusted us with resources. Father, that we would be good stewards of those resources, giving back to you and using them as you lead and as you direct. Father, we thank you and we know that you will provide for every need. You meet every need. We thank you, Lord, every bill is paid, both at the church and in our houses and in our families and our places of business. And Father, we just receive all of your goodness and faithfulness this morning. And Father, this message that you have as we continue sharing your vision and heart for this church, I pray, Lord, that you would allow me to speak clearly through and by your Holy Spirit what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, well, we've been doing a vision series. I've got a lot of scriptures this morning. So hopefully you got some, a piece of paper and a pen or your or your phone ready to take down some notes. Uh, I have decided to give you a 10-point message this morning. So the average message is three. You know, the three-point sermon. That's what they teach you. That's how they train you. I've got 10, 10 ways that we can see in the Bible that Jesus heals. 
Amen? I got 10 of them. I mean, I bet you there's more, but I'm going to share all 10 of them with you that I've just been able to uncover, that the Lord has been able to reveal, that we've seen in this church. So I want you to just begin to get yourself ready for that, and I'm going to get there in a little bit. But what I want to do first is, I love when my daughter's back there on AV. She hates when I point it out. But I've tried to make it as complicated as possible for her this morning to stick with me on all the scriptures and all the different things that we're going to go do, okay? So pull that first scripture up out of Proverbs 29. And this has been one of our foundational scriptures uh, from a vision perspective, and it goes like this. It says, where there is no revelation, where there is no vision, where they don't see what, there's no hope, amen, there's no hope to move forward, the people cast off restraint, or the people are unrestrained, or the people perish. All not good things when people don't have a vision. How many times have we seen in this world right now that people are putting hope in the wrong places, and it's just, it's a futile cause. It's a futile cause. And so I believe that the Lord has been really downloading to us uh, some, a vision for this church and for the future and what it looks like. If you want to pull up the vision slide for me. And so I've been sharing each week a little part of this graphic uh, that Sydney so graciously made and did a well job on it. If you see, our logo is in the top left-hand corner. And then if you look at the logo, we kind of blew it up and made it bigger and said, okay, there's a foundation, there are fundamentals that we believe as a church that we are going to be seeing moving forward. Of course, the cross is at the center. Jesus is at the center of it all. The word of God is at the center of it all. And the cross is represented by the two major throughways that come through Erie, and it's going across Route 90 and down Route 79. And we believe that we're planted here as a church 30-some years ago by Pastor Jim and Pam Dumont to reach this area for Jesus Christ. And we know that these are two major highways that go across and down. And, of course, they make a cross for us. How convenient how the Lord has showed us that. And so we really are, our goal is to see and to reach northwest Pennsylvania with the gospel message. And so that's a great vision to have. And what we've been doing the past couple weeks is kind of the how. What, is that, what does that look like? There has to be prayer, there's partnership, there's participation. But what are the four fundamental foundations that we stand on as a church that we believe week in and week out that we want to see? And those are the lost saved, lives transformed, the sick healed, and families thriving. We believe that the Bible is clear in the book of Acts that the church, the early church, and the today's church should have represented all of those things in operation and happening on a daily and a weekly basis. And you say, well, Pastor Jason, what does that mean for us as a church? It means that there needs to be a participation by each and every person. And I believe this week, as I was just praying and, and seeking God on this, he began to remind me of something he told me many years ago, and it was one reaching one. One reaching one. And we're probably going to add that up there somewhere. One reaching one. How do we see someone who was lost to becoming a believer? By one reaching one. That could be me reaching somebody. That could be you reaching somebody. How do we see a life transformed? By one reaching one. How do we see the sick healed? I personally don't believe it's from blowout tent services with hundreds of people in line getting healed. I believe it's one reaching one. I believe he's called each of us with giftings and talents and passions for you to rise up and to be the church. 
and for you being the one to reach that other one. And what do we want to see when we see families thriving? We want to see families coming together, one reaching one. I cannot disciple and give marital counseling and parental counseling just on a Sunday morning every week. That happens in our lives. It happens, remember, the rhythm of life. One reaching one. Which means every one of you has a part to play in this vision. This is not a spectator sport. This is not we get to sit on the sidelines. This is something that each and every one of you participates in. As the Lord leads, as the Holy Spirit leads you, one reaching one to see the lost saved, to see lives transformed, to see families thriving, and to see the sick healed. Now I have a slide up there, Grace, if you want to go to the, the lost saved slide. I promised that I would put this up for you guys at some point, and we're probably going to put it up uh, on the website so you can see it. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but if you remember my, my scribble and scrabble on the whiteboard a couple weeks ago, this is what we see from, a, from an outreach and a missions perspective. It's what we're talking about with the Christmas tree out there and seeing OCC. You don't have to read the whole thing. We'll put it on the website, and maybe even we'll put it up on Facebook. But we see this outreach and missions being both local and global, and the primary focus is reaching the world with the gospel, reaching people with practical help and things that they need, and then reaching the world through church planning as well. And we just listed some of the organizations up there that we support, have supported for many years, that you may know or may not know, but we'll begin to highlight those as we move forward all throughout the year so that none of those things that you see up there are a surprise. Okay, go back to that, uh, the vision slide, Grace, for me. So I've been doing the Penn State chant, the we are, that's right, we are Penn State, and I'm going to get us to uh, the right chant for the We Are Erie Christian Fellowship Church, and we are reaching a million souls for Jesus Christ, but I want more than that, because I think, Don, you and I were talking, the We Are Penn State, what does that even mean? What is Penn State? Well, it's a university, but what does Erie Christian Fellowship Church really mean? And I want us to understand that at our core, and who this is, we call it Decision 2020. Are you with us? If not, that's okay, I get it. But this is the time where we have to say, I'm on board with this. I'm on board with this vision. I agree with this. I am going to give to this. I'm going to serve for this. I am going to participate in this. This is what we're asking of each and every person. And when I say the sick healed, and that's what I want to focus on this morning, the sick healed, I truly mean the sick healed. And I say that, but I want to put that into context in a couple ways. Number one, that box, that four, that quadrants of four, that sick healed one, I do believe for us as a church means the gifts of the Spirit. That we as a church, from a very foundation, from our very core, have always believed in the gifts of the Spirit. And you know that the Bible lists those in 1 Corinthians. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I have a scripture that I want to share with you this morning. It's out of 1 Corinthians 12, and it says this, starting in verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given, look at this, to each one for the profit of all. To each one. 
So even the gifts of the Spirit, all the ones that are involved with that, the the gifts that are out there, seeing the sick healed being one of them. I put the sick healed on there because I believe that is a core foundation of our church. Not that prophecy is not, not that the working of miracles is not, or the gift of faith, or any of that stuff. But I want to represent so you guys understand where we're coming from. That is a focus of ours, that we believe in our core, our foundation. We will see the sick healed. Because guess what? We have. And we have testimony after testimony after testimony of God's faithfulness in healing us, both spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So I want to do a little uh, poll of the audience here. Raise your hand if God has supernaturally healed you in any way, shape, or form during your life. Come on. Okay, you can look around. This is not one of those things where, you know, I ask a question that you don't want to raise your hand. Look around. It's like 90, maybe 100%. Church, come on. Come on. Right, Paul? We talk about this, about testimonies bringing hope. This is, everyone's got a testimony. Every, all you people who raise your hand, you have a testimony of God supernaturally working in your life physically. That's something to share. That's something to talk about. That's someone to show and, and tell somebody about. These are testimonies that we have. So I've been, you know, I love reading the book of Acts. I, I'm going to get to my 10 points, I promise. And then we're going to worship. We're going to do a worship song. So if you are a little uncomfortable, you're thinking it's going a little long, just kind of just sit back and relax for a little bit. we got a ways to go. But I've been reading through the book of Acts again, and I will tell you what, I have found over and over and over and over where there's healing that's occurring in the early church. And so why for a second would we think in today's church we shouldn't expect to see, pray for, and believe God's healing power to be in operation? I'm talking every day, not just on Sunday mornings. This isn't a Sunday morning thing. This is constant. This is all the time. You know, when this, you know, this virus thing first came up, I think our first response was we're going to have a healing service for everyone that has COVID. Like, that was our first response. Now, I don't think that would go over real well at the moment. You know, but honestly, what, I, we, what we envisioned is that we would literally open those doors back there, and we would open those doors back there, and we would have anybody who had COVID just walk through the sanctuary. We'd have a worship. Maybe we'll do it. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And we have the worship team playing, and we've got prayer teams praying for people as they're going past, and that they come in feeling like crap, and they walk out feeling great. I mean, this, is, this was like the first thing that we, we thought of. Now, of course, you're not supposed to go out. You know, you're supposed to self-quarantine yourself for all this time. So I don't know the logistics of it. I'm not saying we're going to do it. But what I'm saying is our church has a fundamental belief and a foundation that we believe in God's healing. We believe in God's healing. And we need to pray for those who do have it. And as Liz said earlier, we've had people in the congregation who have had it, who have went through it successfully, that Jesus has healed them. Some of them had very little to no side effects. God is a healing God. So Acts chapter 3, open your Bibles to that there. Grace, you got to stick with me. I'm going to skip around. I'm going to start in verse 6 instead of verse 1. But Acts 3, 1 through 6 is talking about Peter and John going to the temple. The gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. There's a guy there. He's, you know, asking for help, asking for alms. And verse 6 says this, And Peter said, 
Silver and gold I do not have. Sorry, guys, don't have it. The world needs something different than silver and gold, church. The world can figure out ways to get it. They can figure out how to do those things and whatever they do to get it. But the, that is not what the world needs. Look at this. But I do have, what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Church, one reaching one, each and every one of us can begin to speak and to pray into people's lives and to see people healed. This is not like if you, again, we've talked about this back in the, in the series with the Holy Spirit, like, oh, I don't have, I don't have you know, that gift. I, you know, of those spiritual gifts, I don't have the gifts of healing. There's, there's you know, probably 12 major ones, and I don't have any of those major 12. Look, I'm going to give you 10 ways that the Lord heals. And the Lord heals by standing on his word. The Lord heals by the prayer of agreement. The Lord heals in many different ways. Only one way, one way is if you have that gift or anointing for healing. The other nine don't have anything to do with that. So don't sit there and walk there and say, well, that's not me. That's not part of what I can do or how I can encourage somebody. Oh, no. There's nine ways that you can. And I want to show those to you this morning. But if you walk through the book of Acts, Acts chapter 3, we just looked at, healing. Look at the end of verse 10. And they knew, they, everyone knew that this was the guy who was begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. They're filled with amazement. Like, that, wait a second, that's that guy. How many of you know that guy? Or that girl? Come on, guys. You know, I'm be honest. I know a guy, I don't know him yet. I see a guy riding his bike on 12th Street. Like, all the time. All the time. And I bet you if I had a picture of him, you'd probably be like, oh my gosh, I've seen that guy too. And I believe that guy is hurting. I believe he needs Jesus and he needs help. And I believe that someone from this church is going to be able to reach this guy. And I believe that he's going to be one of the guys that says, I was that guy. I was that guy that needed Jesus. I was that guy that needed healed. And he's going to be jumping and singing and praising God. Acts chapter 5, you don't have to turn there. Verses 12 through 16, there were many signs and wonders by the apostles. Shadows passing over people, people were being healed. Acts chapter 8, Philip is out, there's healing that's happening. And in, in verse 8, Acts chapter 8, verse 8 says this, look at this. And there was great joy in that city. When God heals... He brings great joy to the city. How many of you know that this city needs some great joy? And I believe that God's healing touch and power is going to continue to manifest at a greater and greater level within our city. Acts chapter 9, there's Ananias and Paul. Later on in chapter 9, there's more healing that happens. Acts chapter 14, there's the crippled man at Lystra who's healed. Acts chapter 16, there's a demon that's cast out. Acts chapter 19, there's handkerchiefs going around and people are being healed. Acts chapter 20, the young man falls three stories as Paul is going on and on. Okay, no one's sitting three stories up, but if I go on and on, look what happened. He fell and he died and God healed him. Acts chapter 28 talks more about healing. Here's Paul. He's out there. He gets bit by the viper. 
shakes it off. Uh-uh. It's not going to affect me in Jesus' name. And then in verse 9, he says, in Acts chapter 28, verse 9, we can pull that one up. It says, so when he was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. This is from the beginning of Acts to the end of Acts. The book of Acts is the story of the initial church. Well, church, the beginning of our church was based on healing and seeing the sick healed. And it will continue as long as I have anything to do with it and the Lord has anything to do with it. I believe we will continue to see the sick healed. Okay, so what happens? There's joy in the city. Let's look at this practically. Again, this can happen on a Sunday morning. But I believe this happens one reaching one as well in your daily life. I believe, we've talked about this, that more and more in this transition season, as we're getting into a totally different time of life, that the gifts of the Spirit, that the movement of the Spirit, that the healing power of God will become more and more and more evident in our lives and in the lives of those around us. I see a future church that has people standing up and getting out of wheelchairs. I see a future church, I'm talking in homes, I'm talking here, I'm talking all over the place. People who are dying in their beds getting up and walking around. People who have teeth because they can't see the dentist anymore are getting healed. People's vision getting healed. Broken arms getting healed. You name it, I see it being healed. I believe we've seen testimony after testimony of what God is doing in his faithfulness. So ten ways. Ten ways, if you're taking notes. I don't have them listed up there, so I'll try to say them slow. Maybe I should. I don't know, whatever. Take some notes. <laughs> or You can go back and listen to it again if you missed any of them, yeah? A biblical perspective of the ways healing comes. Now let me first say this. God always heals. God always heals. And I will tell you that at the end of the day, there are times in our life when we're walking on this, in this earth and on this world that we may not in ourselves or in a loved one see the complete and total supernatural healing while we're here on this earth. That is a reality. That is something many of us have faced. But I can tell you what. Each and every person will ultimately get their complete and total healing because of Jesus and what he did. Now, knowing that, does that stop us from going after God's complete and total healing while we're still living on this earth? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. In fact, I would encourage you to be tenacious about why that healing is not occurring in your life. And you may not get to know the answer. You may not get to know the reason. But I would tell you that these ten things, you ought to be going after each and every one of those in your life. Every single one of them. Being tenacious and not giving up to see God's healing touch completely and totally in your body while on this earth. He determines the how. Sometimes it's a process. Sometimes we don't know why it's not instantaneous. Sometimes it is instantaneous. Sometimes cartilage grows when there needed to be cartilage. 
Sometimes elbows are supernaturally healed and they should they previously were shattered. Sometimes stomachs are healed immediately. And sometimes God has us work through a process of healing. Because a lot of times God is interested in our wholeness in here. Before he's interested in our wholeness right here. Church, listen to me on this. This is important. Because you could get frustrated. You come up here for prayer and you say, Oh, Pastor Jason and Pastor Liz, they prayed for me. And I feel like they're anointed. But I walked away and I didn't have that supernatural healing immediately. It means that we need to begin to ask the question, Lord, what? Lord, show me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Standing on the scripture. Standing on the word of God. Asking for guidance. Wisdom. What needs to change? What do I have to do differently? Because many times, if he just continues to give us the supernatural healing, immediately, every time we get sick, he's not doing the work in here. And this is what is more important to him, is the work on the inside. Our actual wholeness has nothing to do with the physical body. The actual wholeness that God wants for us is a spiritual wholeness. A complete and total wholeness of our spirit and our soul and then our bodies. And I believe that he works healing out. And sometimes he delays and tarries that healing. And we don't understand why. But then we look back and say, you know what? Oh my gosh. Look what I learned. Look what God has shown me. Look at the wounds, the internal things that he has healed. And my perspective that has changed. Because he has healed me now and he didn't do it immediately. And there are times where he does it immediately. And we rejoice and we dance around and we pray for someone's back and they're healed. And it's amazing. But we don't know exactly which way he's going to do it. So here are the ten that I found. Number one. When standing on God's word. These are in no particular order. They're just kind of how I kind of found them or came across them or was studying them. It says in Proverbs 4, this would be the keynote scripture here, out of for this first one. When standing on God's word. Proverbs 4. My son, starting in verse 1, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all your flesh. No prayer. No oil. No elders. No healing evangelist. Just the word. Just the word. Just standing on the word. So if you're looking for healing in your life and you're not standing on the word and reading the word and studying the word and putting those promises out in front of you, it's something you should start doing. Because this is a core fundamental foundation on how God heals. Look at that. And that becomes health to their flesh. Do these things and health comes to your flesh. And it will keep your heart with all diligence. And then he goes on to talk about what you shouldn't do. And I'm not going to get into that this morning. But there's an obedience factor that comes with this and says, will we stand on God's word? Will we believe the truth that's in this word? You know, my kids at night when they go to bed, they listen to healing scriptures. It's a 48-minute YouTube video with John Hagee's voice in the background. And it sounds, you know, very Texan and very, I don't know, cool. Is he from San Antonio? Somewhere out there. Anyway, he's got this great voice and the kids listen to him just speaking scriptures. For 48 minutes, and sometimes they come in and say, Dad, it went off because they didn't fall asleep yet. Will you turn it back on? And you know, when I first started doing that for the kids, 
It was when they were sick. Now, it's every night. Well, we, we miss a night once or twice here and there. But now they come and say, Dad, can we have healing scriptures? Dad, you forgot healing scriptures. Dad, I, you know, the healing scriptures, where are they? Get another device. This, this device only has 2% battery. It's not going to make it for 48 minutes, Dad. And they listen to healing scriptures night after night after night after night, and they're falling asleep and they're hearing it. And I believe God can, is working on the inside of them. They're beginning to heal those things. And they are standing on God's word. For, you should hear them talk about healing. Like, whatever, I'm healed in Jesus' name. Because they have the word of God on the inside of them. Number two, when someone believes in faith. An example here in the Bible is the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. A certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. She had suffered many things from many physicians. I'm sorry if you're a doctor here today. Or if you're listening and you're a doctor, sometimes there's suffering that happens when we go to physicians. I'm not going to say anything else other than that. She spent all that she had and was no better. I'm not saying don't go to physicians. Don't get me wrong. Because, I mean, God has placed doctors in our life for, for a good reason. So don't, don't misunderstand me. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, look at the faith here, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. That is a faith on the inside. And the interesting thing is the Bible talks about how do you build faith? Back to number one. By hearing and hearing the word of God. In order to have faith and believe to be healed, you actually have to continue to study and understand the word of God in your life. And so all of these are linked. This is why I said if you're not, if you are sick and you need God's healing power, I suggest you go after all ten of these things. All of them. Build your faith up by the word of God. Number three. When we accept his forgiveness. Whoa, wait a second. No, when we accept his forgiveness. Luke chapter 2. I don't have time to go through all of the scriptures here, but I encourage you to re read uh, Luke chapter 2. And Jesus talking, it's the men, they come in, they drop their friend in, down through the roof. And in verse 20, he says to him, Jesus says, man, your sins are forgiven. If you notice in that passage of scripture, Jesus not once says you are healed. He doesn't lay hands on that person. The very first thing he says, your sins are forgiven. And I believe that that man accepted that and understood, you know what? I am forgiven. Because only Jesus can do the forgiving. And when we really begin to latch hold of his forgiveness, his mercy, and his grace in our life, the very next thing that Jesus told that man to do is said, get up. And he walked out the door. He accepted the forgiveness of Jesus Christ in his life. That's number three. Number four, when standing in faith for someone else, if you need healing, go tell someone. Put it in a prayer request. Send it to the church. Go call your friend, your mom, your dad, your uncle, your cousin, your sister, your brother, your niece, your nephew, your whatever. Because look at what happens in Matthew chapter 8, the centurion who went on behalf of his servant 
to Jesus. This is number four. When standing in faith for someone else, the centurion went and had faith that Jesus had never seen before. And what does he say in verse 13? Jesus said to the centurion, go your way as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Number five. When using the prayer of faith and agreement, I know those are slightly different. I won't get into the theological differences between the prayer of faith and the prayer of agreement. But you can see that in Matthew chapter 18 and other places, that you are praying in faith, you're believing in agreement. Two or more are gathered together agreeing concerning anything that they ask. It says it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Being in agreement, other people praying with you. Number six, when someone has the anointing for healing. You can see in the Bible, Jesus says in Matthew 10, verse 1, he had called his disciples, his 12 disciples to him, and gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. There's an anointing that God has placed on certain people to get healing for certain things, for certain things, certain items. And I encourage you to seek that out as well. Number seven. Number seven, when you are in God's presence. That can happen on a Sunday morning. We've had people healed in, during worship, and we didn't say a lick about healing or prayer, about healing. When you're in God's presence, you cannot help but be transformed. Everything changes. You can see that in Acts chapter 5. I'm not going to read through those scriptures, but in Acts chapter 5, you can see that when they're in God's presence, and God's presence was on Peter, you can see that even as Peter was passing by, God's presence was so tangible around Peter that people were being healed in the shadow of him going by. Number eight, when the Holy Spirit leads us to make a change. When the Holy Spirit leads us to make a change. This is what I was saying earlier. You say, you know, I've done all the other ones, and I've got prayer, and I don't understand. I'm standing on God's word. We have to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, Holy Spirit, do I need to do something different? And I joke, it's kind of funny, but he may tell you to get a different bed. Because he knows the issue of your back better than the doctor does. Better than you know the issue. He may say get a lumbar support in your car and put it behind your lower back. I don't know what the answer is, but he does. And we have to begin to ask him, Lord, okay, I don't have the supernatural instantaneous healing, but I need to heal. Lord, show me what it is. Show me what's next. What's the next step that I need to take? You can see that in Acts chapter 9. I'm not going to read that, but that can be the scripture that goes along with that. Number 9, when we confess our sins and the elders lay hands on the sick. It's kind of a dual one. I probably could add. I could probably go up to 12 or 13, but I figured the 10-point sermon was enough for y'all to handle. 9, when we confess our sins, the elders lay hands on uh, James chapter 5. says in verse 16, it's talking earlier about the elders anointing oil. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. 
The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I'm not healed yet. Is there sin that still needs to be confessed in your life? Is there things that need to change? And number 10, worship team, if you want to come back up here. Number 10, when we speak words of confession and healing. Come on, when it gets down to it, we just need to begin to speak that. We need to speak God's word. We need to read it. We need to understand it. We need to meditate on it. But there are so many times, Brother Paul, preach it with me, right? We need to speak God's word. We need to say it with our mouths. We need to say what the word says over our body and over our life. And you can see this in Mark chapter 11, verse 23. For assuredly, I say to you that whoever says to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them. Ten different ways we can see in the Bible that God heals. I'm not the healer. You're not the healer. Jesus is the healer. Jesus healed all who came to him. It says in Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you guys want to dim the lights for a minute. We're going to end in a worship song, but before we do, I just want to ask the question, if anybody here Anybody here needs God's supernatural healing in their life this morning just to stand up. Right where you're at. I'm not going to call you up here. Just stand up right where you are. Come on. Those who are gathered or those who see those people who are standing, just stretch out your hands to them. I'm not going to walk through all ten of these things. (laughs) We are going to pray and we're going to believe in faith together. We're going to stand on the word that says, if two of us, and there's more than two here, agree on anything concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them. So Father, you are the healer. Jesus paid the ultimate price for complete and total healing. Father, I ask now that you touch every person who's standing here. Every person who's standing on their, at home if they're watching. That your healing touch, your healing power, begins to manifest in their bodies and in their life. And Father, that your Holy Spirit will lead them and guide them to the changes they need to make. And that more and more testimonies of your goodness, your faithfulness, and your healing power will manifest in their lives. And Father, we ask that collectively as we believe and receive your healing this morning, that a joy will come to this city. That a joy will come to this church. That a joy will come to these families that a joy will come into our lives, a joy unspeakable that we have never been able to understand before. 
because of your goodness, your faithfulness, your healing power. And Father, we just stand on your word that by your stripes we are healed. Father, we stand in faith and believing. Father, we receive your forgiveness that you have offered to us. Father, we stand in faith. Father, we are in agreement. You are the anointed one for healing. Father, we're in your presence. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Father, we confess our sins. And Father, we speak now to each and every ailment. I just encourage you to speak to that thing right now in your life, whatever it is. Tell it to go in Jesus' name. Begin to receive God's healing touch and power on your life. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, I believe that you are doing miraculous healing even now. I believe that your Holy Spirit is leading and guiding people to make some changes, to receive your forgiveness. I believe you're revealing things to people even now. Father, we thank you for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Everybody stand with me. We're going to worship God with one more song. I know it's 12 o'clock, but whatever. Let's worship the Lord one more song, and then I'll get up here and say a little benediction. Come on. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we worship you. We thank you. Father, you are with us and for us. And if you are for us, who can be against us? So, Father, I just speak a peace and a blessing and a favor and a protection over every person here, every person online. Father, we will trust in you and you alone. Father, we thank you for all you're doing. We thank you for your healing touch. We thank you for your healing power. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Guys, we have some prayer teams that will be up here. If you didn't get prayer for something yet and you'd like to get prayer, they'll be up here to pray with you. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there was a call earlier today. We didn't get anybody to come up and talk to us. So if that's still you, there's people up here that can pray with you. So I'd encourage you to come up here uh, this morning. And let me just read this benediction over you. Ephesians 3 says, Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed.